0: The events, characters, and entities depicted on this podcast are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons living or dead, or to actual entities, is purely coincidental. If you're seeking to be offended, this is a good choice. And if you're easily offended, please throw away this listening apparatus right now. Okay, bye.
1: So what I'm trying to say is I don't understand what women are, I'm sorry to say, whinging about this imbalance, unbalance, whatever you guys are calling it. The the reality is, in the workplace, we talk about balance. We have corporate training on the topic of balance. We have balance sheets, but there is no gender. balance.
2: <laughs> hello,
1: Dad. Hello, Mom. Welcome to the Frisk Aid Show. Oh, what are you doing here? Habibi. Entertaining the nation, mate. I'm the best RJ in the world. And you know uh, me... Uh, sorry to have to cut it short. We're expecting Rushdie for the Hangout, hangout podcast. That's coming up Habibi, next. Habibi. Habibi.
2: Um... One, I'm not your Habibi. And two, uh, you
1: really got to get out. Okay. Um, okay. Hello, Ahmed. How's it going? <laughs> Hello, Rushdie. It's going
0: good. How's it going with You're you? You're one
1: of the most avid listeners of the podcast. You're one of eight people. <laughs> one of eight people. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. You didn't even get the, like, the sarcastic tone. It wasn't <laughs> that sarcastic. But no,
0: I think uh, quite a few people listen, but uh, I don't know how much they listen. So, yeah. How many people... Um, I mean, what is your most listened to episode and how many people listen to um,
1: it? There was one with a, with a girl, I was going to say with a lady, with a girl named Zareen Khan. But she's, uh, she's very out and about in the events industry. She's got a company called W2W Events. And uh, she's got a lot of events going on and a lot of work going on. So yeah, she, I think she promoted it uh, through her own circle and it got... Fire. Oh, nice. I mean, like 1,800, 2,000 listens, which, it's a big deal to me. Oh, my God. I'm like, damn, I don't even know that many people. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ahmed, Yes. as you know, no one knows you. And I need a little intro from you so that they can get a taste of who you are. That's oh, well. disgusting, but... Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm Ahmed, I'm a future struggling actor from Bahrain No,
1: you're a current struggling actor <laughs> Current struggling yeah, actor Future, I don't know what the word is, future great actor, future legendary actor maybe Kevin Spacey maybe, you could be the next Kevin <laughs> Spacey
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs>
1: yeah. No, no it wouldn't Anyway, go
0: on <laughs> uh, Yeah, so I'm. my name is Ahmed as I've already said I am from Bahrain But uh, currently in Dubai And I'm just on a gap here. I graduated high school this year, and in the meantime, I'm seeing what I can do in the theater business or acting business to sort of develop myself before I go into uni and to, you know, broaden my resume. Yep. That's it, really. That's- that sounds boring. Nah, sounds I'm just boring. joking. No,
1: no, because uh, you, you, yeah, you recently popped up in the in the scene, and I was like curious. And obviously, you listen to the podcast, so that's what people <laughs> get a free <laughs> session. No, we, we've been spending a lot of time in the theater, so it's interesting. I I haven't. Uh, uh, you can't go back um, to being a junior. It sounds weird, but yeah, now I don't see the little nuances that you pick up on more or less on stage or the issues and the struggles, but let's not focus on that right now. A little bit more about you. One thing interesting about you is martial
0: arts. Uh. Yeah, so you were talking about martial arts. So what is it you do exactly? So um, it's this martial art, which actually a lot of people might not know. It's called Hajun uh, Masul. Okay. It's this Korean martial art and... So weird, that sounds so Arab. <laughs> it is a fusion between Arab and <laughs> Korean martial arts. Because it's so popular. Arab-Koreans. <laughs> yeah. um, so my brother did it before me and when I turned six, he sort of introduced me to it. And since then, uh, from the age of six till I guess when I came to Dubai, I've been doing martial arts. There is actually a gym here for it which I might uh, which I'm thinking about continuing Mm -hmm. but yeah martial arts has been a huge um, part of my life Mm -hmm. really because you know it took place from when I was six all the way through my teen years until now I'm 18 so I guess I have a bit of a fighter brain Mm -hmm. if that makes sense oh that's good yeah yeah um, it's wait, wait, wait. What is a
1: fighter brand? Now I have to dig
0: deeper. I don't know. It just came to me. Uh, it just <laughs> means when I... Uh, you know, improv! Look <laughs> improv. When I just look in at fights, either UFC, boxing, mm. kickboxing, I. It is, it is a spectator sport, but I think uh, when I look at it, I really analyze how people are striking mm. or grappling because I've been taught... Uh, the basics. Yeah. And so I know what they're doing and I know if I want to get better. So can you kick Gwen's ass, by the way? Yes, Gwen, oh, oh, shit. We need to spar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, I just want to throw that in the universe. I want to see you guys have fun. Hang fight. out anyway, with Rushdie,
0: promoting fights <laughs> since
1: 2019. Oh, damn. <laughs> Alright. And um, what, 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 what is the style similar to? or What can pe- pe- people like look? I mean, they can easily Google or YouTube Hujun Masool, you said? Hujun it's actually it sounds not that like easy to dude. Google or YouTube. Oh, really? but
0: it's because it's relatively new. I ah, think okay. it uh, started in Korea in the 1940s mm-hmm. during World War II, if I'm correct. Uh, but it's relatively new. that So that's why a lot of people might not know about it. Ah, okay. Um, but the style is... The thing is, it's hard to pin a style on it mm-hmm. because it is so balanced. Uh, they focus you know, a lot on striking, on grappling, on uh, submission at higher belts. And so, it's hard to say that, okay, if you want to get into striking, you should go into this martial art. Mm -hmm. I would say if you want to learn how to fight, be a broad fighter, then go into Hujan Masul. 1940s
1: Korea. I'm trying to think what was going on in Korea in 1940 yeah i have no idea know, probably something idea.
0: with america <laughs> <Probably> <laughs> everyone so, has history with so, america it
1: sounds like a like a which we call it like a history movie anyway um
0: so did you ever think of competing or did you compete i did compete in mm-hmm. regional tournaments when i was nine uh well in a regional tournament when i was nine it was held in bahrain and They do have uh, tournaments every now and then, usually in Brazil, actually. And my instructor did offer uh, offer me a place to go, and I couldn't at the time because you know school. I was at the age where school is important, really important. (laughs) You sound like you're reading off a script. Yeah,
1: school is very important.
0: uh, (laughs) Who wrote this? (laughs) I don't believe. Um, Yeah, um, so. my parents put a lot of emphasis onto school and because of that I couldn't really go and compete but yeah. we also have um, tournaments in the country every few months and regional tournament in Bahrain as well every few years and it was in a gym of a school at the time and um, I was nine, it was my first tournament but it was really good, it was really enjoyable. Um, you got your ass kicked, didn't you? I actually... Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> did well. this uh, short guy you got old, like a- gold. <laughs> oh, old gold. Oh, yeah. shit. Damn.
1: Okay. Um, you sound like a nominee, <laughs> a guy who got a nominee. <laughs> it's just a pleasure to be here. Like, I didn't want to <laughs> win. <laughs> I you but like, But Wow, okay.
0: Yeah, Um. it's really interesting. And my instructor was a huge part in okay. developing me, of course. Mm. And so... How many belts are there? So... There is white belt, mm-hmm. which you start off with yep. as most martial arts. And then you go from white to yellow mm-hmm. to green to blue to red to black. Similar to karate. But from karate. all the colors after white, there is Ooh. first and second. Okay. So there's yellow one, yellow two. Okay. Then green one, then green two. Mm-hmm. And then in black belt, there's nine. Ooh. Like uh, dance. Yeah, dance. We call okay. them dance. So I'm second Dan right now. I got my first Dan when I was 10 years old. Damn. And after that, I couldn't uh, compete in tournaments because there was no other Dan Ooh. Black Belt um, my age or weight.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: And that would really, ha- that's what really helped develop me as a fighter, actually, because my instructor put me in the adult class. Mm. So I got used to sparring against and training with people that have a physical dominance yeah. over me. And because of that, I feel like I had to take my strength mm. uh from the technique rather than rely on my physical power yeah and which is really strength. useful mm. really yeah. useful yeah
1: that's i think that's in a lot of um in a lot of sports if you look at um, the most let's just say the most prestigious or the most celebrated players most of them are not the biggest or the strongest or the whatever they, they focused on something that makes them different and uh yeah they persevere through it like Messi dude Messi is like the yeah. perfect example Messi's my Again, height and there, he's just amazing I think he's shorter
0: uh, I he think could he's could five foot possible. seven oh, I could be wrong I'm man, five hey, foot seven is, man. he's he's, he's de-
1: am I oh man you're taller than me or you're the exact I'm taller man? than you oh shit I'm
0: I'm <laughs> a bit taller than Alexis Sanchez <laughs> he's too short he's a
1: bad <laughs> he's a bad representation of uh, yeah a benchmark um, before I transition out of martial arts, but so you said you have a fighter brain now that's an as an audience member, but do you think your fighting brain or competitive brain has helped you in other aspects of your life?
0: I think um, it definitely has helped, but at times it could also be a uh, detriment um, D- a detrimental aspect of me because sometimes I can get too competitive. Mm.
1: Yeah, I've seen you and Sharif. Sharif is uh, <laughs> Ahmed's elder brother. I've seen you guys in improv classes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, so he did this martial art Not with as as well. these dudes. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to compete
0: with these dudes. <laughs> it's too much. But yeah. <laughs> but it has helped as well because it sort of has given me that drive to, you know, work hard and be the best at uh, to be the best that I can mm. be in... What I pursue so there's acting for example, um, I always want to be better, mm-hmm. and that comes from martial arts. I, like I said I was in the adult, cl- adult class, but that didn't stop me from wanting to be better than them. I you know I took part in a few tournaments, which you know, um, also, fed that drive to mm-hmm. win, and you know be the best version of myself that I can be, if that makes sense. Yep. Stupid question. How many push-ups can you do? <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, 50 <laughs> in a <laughs> oh, row. Oh, Because okay. I was a naughty kid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the punishment my master oh, gave us it. is do 50, do 50 push-ups in a row. Yeah. Or 50 sit-ups. Yeah. So, if, you know, in the beginning you can't, but you get so used to it yeah, that yeah. you can do exactly. 50 push-ups. Yeah. Even
1: when it came to football practice, I was always late. So the guys, like, just run run around the pitch like five times. And I'm like, what the hell? That's too much. He's like, all right, 10 times. And then I was like, okay, I'll go. So yeah, it, it actually helps. It's a, it's a weird thing, but yeah, He, he would
0: do the exact same thing. He, <sighs> if he saw soon. us fail, yeah. um, he would make it 100. Oh my he would add God. 50 each time. Oh that was my. his number. <laughs> <laughs> 50, uh, multiples of 50. What yeah. a nightmare. Where was he from? Was he Bahraini he's as well? He's Bahraini. Oh, okay, And cool. he is a machine. Oh, <laughs> he damn. is just amazing. as uh, just a fighter as a person. Yeah. Um, he, he would make us do this thing. So apart from fighting, the martial art really valued athleticism. Mm-hmm. And so they have this thing they called knock pop. Mm. And I think it translates to falling techniques. Okay. And what we'd basically do is learn to fall safely. Yep. But, but we'd need to drop first. Yep. So he would make us jump really high over obstacles, roll safely, mm. land safely, get mm. up, um, and for my black belt test, I had to jump over somebody, my height mm. at the time. Uh, you know, it sounds so crazy when you, th- when you first hear about it, but it really does train that athletic side yeah. of you and literally using your whole body mm. to jump over someone yeah. or to cushion your landing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, athleticism was a huge thing there. And that also helped me when it came to football mm. and other sports. Mm. Nice.
1: Um, I had one more question in martial arts but I've forgotten it's okay it happens, <laughs> it happens. Um, how's the, what's, hey, sorry to put you on the spot but what's the
0: population of Bahrain um, last time I checked it was 1 million but I think now it's uh, 1.5 million damn people and are... it actually feels a lot smaller than it is mm-hmm. because the country is small in the first place do you know how small it is because
1: I'll give you an example like Karachi is bigger Karachi being a state in Pakistan is bigger than the whole of the UAE.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. yeah so. Um, Bahrain is smaller than Dubai.
1: Bahrain it, is smaller than it Dubai. It is
0: exactly, not exactly, but around 752 kilometers squared. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is smaller than Dubai. Um, and San Francisco, which is tiny, mm. is, uh, this is going to make it sound huge, but it's, Times as uh, Bahrain is 10 times bigger, okay. But San Francisco is just such a small place mm. uh, to start with, and it f- the country feels a lot smaller when you live there mm-hmm. because the bottom half of the country isn't used, ah, okay. Fine, everything's in the top half, mm-hmm. you know. People live in uh, these places in this place called you know, um, Saar Hamala Adliya, these are all. You know, I struggle to call them cities mm. because they're not big enough, well, but they're like all in this top half. Yeah. And all the malls are there, the cinemas. The only thing, you, the farthest down I've traveled uh, in, to Bahrain uh, is to camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a camping site around halfway down the country. What's below that? The sand? Below that is just sand from what I've seen. Okay. There is no one I know lives in these areas. There are no, there's no housing uh, for all I know, okay. except for all the way in the bottom right. Mm-hmm. There's this man-made island and it is called um, Durra. Mm. It's this man-made island and basically the rich people have summer homes there. Mm. Um, actually, I lied, that's the farthest down I've gone because yeah. my friend- Because uh, you're rich. <laughs> no, not me, my friend is rich. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: surprise, I have a house there.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. So,
1: in, if you live in, born and brought up rather, in Bahrain, is it like you know everyone there or everyone in the hotspots at least?
0: Yes, you you know everyone there. Okay. Um, even because also the schools are mm-hmm. in the same mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Uh, most of them, anyway. And so, you know, people from different schools. Even in my year group, um, there was only 120 people Dang. in my year group in that one school. And that's sort of the average. For every year group. So it's not that big when you think about it. And so, you know, um, we all talk to each other. We all have classes together. And we all have friends from different schools because maybe some people came from one school. Yeah. And so when they make friends in this new school, they introduce them to each other and sort of links are established that way. Mm. And that's how everyone knows each knows other. Each other.
1: Mm. So it's very, so you went to British school, I'm guessing. Yeah, British curriculum. Okay, yeah. cool. Because that's very like 80s or 90s rather, um, Dubai, because we had options either an Arabic school, an Indian school or a British school. So I went to a British school as well. So yeah, it's the friend circles are kind of closed off or minimal. Like you can always cross over friends or whatever at, at places you chill. Okay uh oh, phone almost fell um <laughs> talking about you now at the age of eighteen what's the what's what's going on like you you did i i know you went for a what do you call it an audition I was going to say rehearsal an audition uh in Australia tell me about that
0: yeah uh, so as i've mentioned, I'm on a gap year mm-hmm. um the reason is i'm i'm applying to acting mm-hmm. for university that is the industry I want to get into. Mm-hmm. And a barrier that faced me in my last year of school was that I had to send video auditions. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, um, I couldn't travel. I had a demanding course schedule and my parents also didn't approve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's hard to go up to them and say, Hey, by the way, I know you don't like (laughs) me becoming an actor, but can I travel to this place uh, to audition? (laughs) The obvious answer would be no. Uh, So I took this gap year and now I can apply to schools, uh, well, uh, uh, higher schools because, and by higher I mean higher ranked, because I can now go attend these auditions in person, which is always an advantage. Uh, Performance doesn't come across as well on video unless you're acting in a movie because Mm -hmm. that's what you're acting for. Um, All the acting I've done is for theater and um, and you know you don't really practice in front of a screen, so I thought it would be better to go do these live auditions. And there's an extra interview section more often than not, because and that you know when an admissions officer gets to know your personality better, yeah. you know that could influence their decision apart from you know just seeing you perform for two minutes and then making a decision there yeah. on the spot. Mm. And you're off to New York in January? Yeah, right? uh, January 3rd mm-hmm. is when I travel. And I believe I come back twen- the on the same month, on the 24th. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what was
1: the defining moment where you were like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do?
0: It was, it was weird with me because I've always enjoyed drama classes mm-hmm. since my first one in year seven. And when I picked my GCSEs, I thought you know, I can't study in school if I don't have drama because I enjoy it so much. But at the same time, um, you know, my family was telling me, hey, you should be a computer scientist. You should learn coding. (laughs) And I I did have an interest in those subjects at the time. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And then it would constantly change back and forth. But the time I decided, you know, I'm going to fight for this. I I know that I want to get into acting was uh, during a school production, of West Side Story. Um, it was a musical. Um, and prior to this, I've had no uh, singing training, no vocal training, or dance training. And my teacher didn't even ask me to audition. She just said, We want you to play this part. And it was a pretty big part in the play. And, you know, I had a blast learning new things, I had a blast performing. And then the exact moment I thought, hey, this is it, is uh, I came on stage for a solo bow and I received a standing ovation from the audience. And I mean, prior to this uh, play or production, I didn't get a standing ovation. I always had an applause, but seeing you know, the impact one performance can have on an audience mm-hmm. um, and on such a large level because that was the biggest production I've done so far, um, was thrilling and it was something that I want to replicate for my entire life and do it better. Mm-hmm. So it's completely egotistical.
1: <laughs> Pardon? It's completely egotistical.
0: It's not even that. It's f- I, I <laughs> no, I'm just joking. As, you know. the,
1: the, the, one of the main things about uh, performance is I mean, I, I think apart from the it's it's really awesome to have people applaud for you and cheer you on and all that stuff but it's the um, it's the courage and the, uh, if you go with the right mentality, that's why there are so many bad actors who get so many movies because they have the right mentality and they're giving out the right energy. So yeah, if you focus on that more, I think it'll, it'll just keep happening to you. It's a very natural thing. We used to have a conversation about how, um, it's like, how do you go viral? You, you can't decide that and uh going viral is very similar to back in the day being famous like it's very similar and it's you cannot control that that's not in your hands but you have to show up every day and you have to try and improve every day and you have to try and better yourself every day so i think that's that's yeah it'll happen i guess if you keep at 18 i mean you already are pretty are quite you know uh tenacious about it so hopefully things will go well And your auditions coming up so hopefully what are you preparing for Do you have a monologue or is it
0: i have three monologues okay um (coughs) two contemporary Mm. and one classical monologue
1: oh what's Um, the difference between contemporary and classical
0: uh different unis have different definitions of contemporary so some will say you know uh, contemporary is from the 1900s onwards some will say 1940s but contemporary means more modern Mm. and you associate classical really with uh, Shakespeare Mm -hmm. or Greek plays, Mm -hmm. uh, like Sophocles. Mm. So, you know, classical is way back in the day and then it's just up to the uni to decide what they deem as contemporary.
1: Why, in this day and age, and and this is your opinion, it doesn't have to be right or wrong, why don't they just do, (laughs) sounds so stupid, (laughs) but why don't they just do like famous movies? I mean, you can you can tell a good actor from if he's doing an awesome monologue from a famous movie you
0: well. know, um, I actually gave this some thought, mm. right? But I think a lot of good acting actually comes from being on a stage or performing in front of people. Um yes, in a movie, you do perform in front of a camera and people will watch it. but I think um theater is what you know, it first came theater, then came movies. And I think that, you know, to really appreciate acting, you need to appreciate where it comes from. Mm. And theater is, you know, um, where acting started almost, and people came to watch uh, watch theater. And so, you know, having a love for it, I think they're trying to train a love for theater. Mm rather than a love for acting. Because when you love theater, um, at least for me, um, the more I read about different practitioners or all the things to do with theater or just writing or acting on a stage, that just made me love acting more. And acting is a sort of industry where if you want to be successful in it, you really have to love it. Yeah. Because if you don't love what you're doing, that's going to come across in your performance. I, at least I think so. Mm-hmm. And so... If you're not having a good time doing it, then that will falter that, that that'll be a detriment to yeah. your performance and so I guess they're just trying to train the love That is a brilliant answer <laughs> that was that was a brilliant answer i I
1: didn't see that coming. thank you um, that's cool. That's a really good answer man um, <laughs> wow i'm i'm not I'm not big on art um I was massive sport like meathead uh, athlete back in the day so to me I was always the clown and I still do that (laughs) I'm not gonna lie Um, but yeah I love I love a good I, I love trying to act better and I mean that in a serious sense but I'm just better as for comedic value um, Swiftly moving on to Courtyard Playhouse Yes uh, That's your hot spot right now as <clears> it That's is my mine. home
0: away from home
1: Yeah, your home away from home You're always there and so am I We're competing basically who can spend more time as opposed to what's his name Javed J.K. The JK. guy who pretty much there every day afterwards even Shout out to him. Even the shows aren't even on Yep, he just shows up and he's like what can I do uh,
0: How did you discover the Courtyard Playhouse? Um the day I came to Dubai mm-hmm. during the summer after I graduated, uh, my sister th- said, hey, there's this theater. Why don't why don't you go see what they have? And this was before I even got home from the airport. We came to the courtyard <laughs> oh, wow. straight from the um, airport. And I came, I, the first person I spoke to was Kyle. I don't think he remembers that conversation, <laughs> actually. <laughs> but, you know, I found out... Um, that it was that theater focused heavily on improv Mm -hmm. and at the time i thought i do not want to do improv improv is not my area of expertise (laughs) because i tried it in year eight once um the the my drama teachers put on this sort of course to train you in improv and they did it in the whose line is it anyway format (coughs) we just played games from that show and which in hindsight is a bad idea because yep. it's very advanced. You need to know what That's you're doing right. to be able to play those games and yeah. at the high level that they're expecting. So that turned me off because yeah. I, th- I just looked at it and, th- and thought, oh, I am not good at this. Yeah. So then I just came out of the courtyard the first time thinking, oh, well, let's yeah. see what else I can do. Mm. But then uh, Sharif, my older brother, uh, spoke to me and he said, I signed us up for this improv course and you're coming. Yeah. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> but I went along with it in the end because I thought, you know, some acting is better than no acting. Yeah. And then when we came to the Courtyard Playhouse, I remembered, oh wow, I was here before. Okay. Uh this is new. Fine. Let's let's See get into it. Goes, it. Yeah. Let's start improv. And I was blown away by how much I really enjoyed improv. Uh because it is just it's a challenge for me, um, and <coughs> challenges are what drive me. As I've mentioned earlier, with this whole like competitive spirit, um, but challenges are what uh, drive me. And what was great about uh, what's what is great about Courtyard is that everyone is there for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves improv. Everybody loves being on that stage, and so be. And so it was more the people around me that are keeping me at courtyard, mm-hmm. uh, rather than improv, which I still love so much, but it's just being around those people, mm-hmm. which is keeping me there.
1: Nice. <laughs> um, what, when, like, well, what, are the,
0: what are the big lessons that you've learned in improv so far? Like, I think the biggest lesson, which helped me both um, in life um, and as an actor, is let go. You know, when you're on that stage, um, let go and do your thing. Um, and it sounds so simple, but it's one of those things that's so simple but difficult to master. And that lesson is, has sort of given me... Um, and I has, has made me think that, you know, it's okay to go with the flow. Because uh, as an actor, uh, fr- previously from my experience, the best ideas for a scene or the best inspiration comes from the unlikeliest of sources mm. because you know i there were times where i thought the scene is perfect and then my drama teacher has said try it this way mm. and i thought what no it's great already what are you talking about but i did it anyway and i thought wow this is actually better so the idea of letting go mm. just re- is the biggest takeaway from my time at courtyard And another lesson is, of course, uh, yes and. Mm. Um, Because that just, again, another simple idea that's difficult to master. But it sort of forces you to work with other people. But you gain a good working relationship with these people. And you get to know people better because you're getting used to how you all work. Mm. So I think those are the big two. Mm. that I've learned from my time at Courtyard. And what's the most horrible thing about improv? The most horrible <laughs> thing about improv <laughs> is the start. Oh, okay. It is it is a start because you're thrown into unfamiliar territory. Usually people um, don't improvise on the spot. They have this methodical approach. I know a Sharif, uh, again, my brother, um, his job sort of requires him to... You know, strategize. Strategize. He's he's a consultant. That's part of the <laughs> job. But uh, he's he's told me that improv has opened him up, mm. and you know, made him a better cooperator. So at first it was just like uh, ah, yeah. you know, yes, and this goes against <laughs> the way I function. <laughs> yeah. So I think the start is the hardest bit. So once you get over that initial. Shock. Yeah, you you know go up in a at a steady
1: rate. Mm, that's like it's the, it's even part of the exercises where we say okay say no, then say yes but, and then say yes and and you see the difference of the, the energy and the reaction and the psychological agreement the positivity where it takes you and it's uh it's crazy man that's why I'm like because I, I'm thirty so I'm like. I've been through my corporate job, and I've I've received the no's, and I still receive the no as a real estate consultant. But it's just the the simple fact of um, the, the the other main core uh, ideas of improv is being obvious, being honest, um, being vulnerable, which is a very deep topic which we won't dive into. But that's that's everything encapsulates a, the most simple improv scene and keeping it simple. Or keeping it, uh, you know, like... Yeah, keeping it honest, back to honesty. But yeah, that's what I love about improv. But yeah. <clears throat> Wait, what was the worst thing about improv again? The start. The start, yeah. The start, yeah, the start yeah. Yeah. I can't even... Ima- I can't remember my start because I was in so much shock. Because I had started, let's say, 26, maybe 27. 26? So it was very... Uh, the shock of... Um, having to agree to everything because I, I remember this was I hate dancing if no one knows I hate dancing uh, I don't know if it has to do with the thought of other people watching you go silly or whatever but the guy was like hey man you dance really well and in improv you got a yes and, and I was literally like I'm not dancing <laughs> that was like the first and the last time I. it was a hard no to a fellow actor but yeah now I don't give a shit so it happens so um,
0: was is it the same for you was the start the hardest part
1: um The start was hard, but for different reasons. Even if you go on and you have to say yes and, that means you went on. My thing was more like I don't... uh, A lot of thoughts in my head, so a lot of doubts... Uh, It could be linked to not wanting to look stupid, but the thing is I've always looked stupid and I had done stand-up comedy before, so I don't know exactly what it was. I just blame myself rather than the worry of thinking about what other people would, how they would judge me. I'm just like, I just couldn't get on because there were too many voices in my head telling me suggestions, telling me not to go on, it's a bad time or whatever. And then I just started doing what you're supposed to do, which is jumping on, adding something and leaving, unless you're part of the scene, of course but uh, in improv i think it's like someone brings on a raw dish and everyone keeps seasoning it with a little bit that's like the perfect scene and obviously the one of the rules is you know you try and make your partner look good that always helps that's a good start because people misconstrue the the whose line is it anyway format or the long form styles of improv for what we do in the courtyard most of the time which is just the basics i mean to be able to do a short scene, you just need to apply the basics. But it takes so much to drill that into the person when they join, let's say, improv late, or they it's honestly on their psyche, on their psychology. Like you've seen steamrollers and people yeah. who talk too loud or people who don't let go of the idea, like you said, letting it go. And that is one of the best things as well as a very hard thing for many adults to do. And adults, you don't have to be old. You could be mentally old at the age of 15. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, that's a thing.
0: So um, if you allow me to pick your brain a little. Yeah, yeah. Oh, please. Uh, please so you said um, the hardest part for you when you started improv was, you know, being on stage and mm. think and, you know, getting through, getting over the idea of not making yourself look like a fool. Yeah. And you've done stand-up before that. You're, yeah. You were on a stage. Yeah. Do you think it is because in stand-up you, um, you sometimes prepare a script or you have jokes written down so you have more of an idea of what you're going to do? Or, um, and you know when you're doing improv, you have no idea what you're going to do when you come on that stage. Do you think that was the... Yeah that was one of the main factors like uh, it's uh, it's a script
1: uh, stand up it's half i would say performance 49% performance 51% script uh, and it can switch either way but mostly if you have a good 15 20 minutes like you can you can be confident but the reality of the situation let's say if it's still tried and tested material and no one's laughing you'll still feel bad in right. improv people are a little more forgiving since it's a Since it's a suggestion that they've given and I've even heard people say that that's why improv is so easy is because the audience is so lenient, but that's not, that's not the case. Like I've had, it's not about bad audience, but it's just the, I've, I've, I've been, I've received it too. On a maestro scene, like that's brutal, man. Yeah, me too. I've never felt worse (laughs) in my life. (laughs) I've gotten it too. I don't think I've ever gotten a one, but yeah, I I, I've gotten twos. I've I've done um, longer scenes which have no sound, like post show, like it's really bad. And um, again, someone who wants to improve all the time, I'm happy to receive criticism and uh, there are people who say i can't do serious acting I, d- I don't really mind but i would still like to have that in my arsenal if ever required so yeah it would be a good thing
0: um i'm the i'm sort of the opposite yeah i feel like serious acting mm-hmm. is where i am more comfortable uh was where i am most comfortable mm-hmm. um but, serious but similar serious to you and scripted or Pardon? just serious? Uh, serious. But doesn't have to be scripted? Doesn't have to be scripted. Oh, okay. um, but similar to you, I, have the, I, I want to get better at more at those gaggy scenes, mm-hmm. to have that in my arsenal as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think, again, this is going back to acting, but more performing in general. I think the more diverse you are as yeah. a performer, the higher your chances of success. Mm-hmm. because you, you mm. people are always amazed when you can do more than one thing. Yeah, uh, You know, you can always wow people with one thing that you do very well, but I think what's more impressive is being able to do, of course, a lot of things very yeah. well. Do you think it's easier for a comedian to do serious
1: acting or a serious actor to be a comedian? I think it
0: is easier for a serious actor to be a comedian. hmm and w- I say this because during uh, one of one of my, mo- well, my monologue coach has taught me the difference between performing and acting. Mm-hmm. And my takeaway is being a good performer is being able to keep an audience, whether it's, uh, you know, an audience at a cinema, a uh, live audience, or, you know, here in a podcast. It's the ability to keep people entertained Mm -hmm. and engaged. That's Mm -hmm. how I look at it. And I think acting is the ability to just mimic another human being's gestures, emotions convincingly. Mm. So I think people um, in general can capture um, people's attentions and keep them entertained. And I think it is a lot harder to act like another human being and not make it look like you're acting or performing hmm. Hmm.
1: I actually think the other way. Around. I think it's easy for a comedian to be a serious actor. I don't know why i because just from my just just like from what I've seen or what I've thought about n no conversation is the first time I've ever asked this question to someone, but it's like. Being funny is, you know, how you say he's a funny guy. Yeah, like that's not trained. That's um, off the bat or on top of the iceberg. It's just he's a cool guy or he's fun or a girl. Sorry, it's two (laughs) thousand nineteen or a cool girl. And but that's basically psychological trauma (laughs) that has forced or that has created that human being to be like that. And uh, I'm not saying serious acting is easy, but the comedian has a serious side, and comedians are more sensitive or more um um uh, i don't know they can they have more depths like i can't imagine denzel washington being funny like that's <laughs> that's a weird he's a great legend but i don't know comedy just wouldn't and i'm not saying jim carrey i'm just throwing names right now but jim carrey has done some serious roles and he's done it quite well but then again i that's just two names if we went and debated i'm sure statistically yeah, then you're be right
0: but even i think with statistics mm. it is something that relies on so many variables Mm, that you do not have a you know absolute absolute Absolute, answer to it (laughs) um and of course we can't
1: deny the human ability because humans are crazy and ridiculously i mean anything you put your mind to you can oh shit this has become a motivational talk now but yeah uh, anyone can do anything if they just do the right things and uh, you know hit their targets so yeah um Coming back to improv, but linked to acting again, do you think improv theater slash um, uh, improv in general helps with acting?
0: 100%. How so? Because, uh, yeah. Uh, because, again, um, it is these lessons that you learn from improv, <laughs> improv, <laughs> um, from improv that can develop you as an actor. Um, you know, uh, going back to what I said earlier, that letting go thing, can help you let go as an actor again when you're doing a scene or rehearsing a scene and improv really um encourages people to experiment do you agree
1: Mm, definitely so i found actors to be or theater people with scripted or with scripts to be very uptight they don't like any change like uh, like we do corporates at courtyard playhouse plug for courtyard playhouse um we and and people always say oh can you change this word can you do this can you do that and as improvisers we're like we're not excited about it but we're like yeah sure we can do that we we work on our feet anyway An actor i'm not saying they'd get upset but it's a script like they they would still be a little you know yeah go
0: on so i think letting go of Mm -hmm. that mentality letting go of that script Mm. will open so many more doors Sometimes maybe, yeah, the script or the first option could be better than the latter. Mm -hmm. But how will you know what's better if you don't experiment? Mm. And, you know, uh, when you act, um, you again have to mimic another person. Mm. And one thing they really emphasize at courtyard is playing characters. Mm. And, you know, some people, uh, going back to, again, what I said earlier, perform as these actors, but a lot of people also try to act and mm. accurately de- depict how this character, character would function in the real world. Like, uh, you know, Jacob Banigan, mm-hmm. uh, when he does Game of Death, yeah. you look at his acting yeah. or the way he's playing all these characters mm. and you think these could be real people. easily. Yeah. <laughs> he- so <laughs> I think... Th- To answer your question simply yes because of that improv can help um, someone become a better actor Mm. and there's this separation between improv and acting and i fell into this trap people usually think of improv as a lesser form of acting Mm -hmm. because uh more often than not it might not be as serious Mm. but since doing improv and yeah i was one of the people that thought this but since starting improv, I could not have been more wrong mm. in my life. I actually find it easier to act than yeah. improvise on the spot. Mm. And I think that improv-, improv deserves a lot more respect mm. um, than it gets. And yeah. Mm. Yeah, because
1: a lot of people tell me improv is just like funny and gaggy and stuff. But I've seen people have made me cry while doing an improv scene i have cried while doing an improv scene uh there's so much going on it's ridiculous like and me also before i don't i don't think i used to do it before but when i started uh dare i say doing well in improv i was like whatever comes to mind or whatever vulnerable aspect i have or experience i can bring from my myself which is everyone's asset their own experience their own opinions uh i will bring it on stage and i will use it um, you know, to get a five <laughs> specifically. <laughs> uh, and then what happened was things just started happening. And even um, as easy as someone coming up to you and saying, you know what, I know, I know how that feels. That helps a lot personally, as well as people who who say uh, you're not alone, like uh, it's not as bad as you think that both of those are very helpful uh, so it's sort of like a give and take where you get someone's pat on the back or you, uh, someone feels a little better. I, I think that's one of the biggest things about theater as well. Forget it, improv, but yeah.
0: Yeah, um, <coughs> definitely uh, the way I look at acting. Um, I think more of the audience mm. than I do as an actor. And that goes back to that moment that I got that standing ovation. Um, I didn't look at it as validation that... Oh, I acted well. I looked at it as you can affect so many people with a performance and you can get get people to love theater or acting by how much love you put into it. Mm -hmm. And as you said, that pat on the back is sort of a reward for doing that. Mm. Nice
1: what's your what's your end goal what's your what's your vision of yourself in however long you want to you know portray or say out loud um
0: the end goal for for me there is no end goal mm-hmm. because at the moment I feel like I'm at that goal because I just love acting so much mm-hmm. that to me it is not about you know uh fame it is not about getting a lot of money. It is simply about making other people's days better. And it's simply about just performing and putting on a good show. And I feel like, you know, as I'm doing that, I'm at my goal. Um, The only thing I can really do is get better. And it's hard for me to say what better is. It's hard for me to say, I want to act like this. Because, um, you know, I don't think you stop hmm. when you're acting. There's, even if you're the best actor in the world, there's always something I feel that you can do better. Hmm. Um,
1: Such an 18-year-old answer. (laughs) I know, right? So much positivity. And then life will
0: hit me and I'll say, hey, uh, about that money thing I spoke about. I'm here to be an
1: accountant. (laughs) No, but that's good. The the adults or people who've been hit by life, I'm not going to say adults anymore. People who've been hit by life, they usually forget to have that sort of mentality because uh, yeah, it's not actually a number, even the way I frame the question shows you where I am mentally uh, which is like, what do you see and what do you what do you have at that moment, but yeah it's actually a journey that never ends, especially in the arts industry, man Yeah. Uh, it's not even, we didn't even cover the ruthlessness and competitiveness, but yeah, there is no actual end goal, it's just being, like my uh, dare, I don't want to say dream because it might happen, but Um, It's to basically be able to perform every day and pay my bills. So that's too low a benchmark. So I'm not going to say that. I want to be filthy rich (laughs) and I want people to like cry when they see me. I don't know why they're
0: crying, but for a positive reason. (laughs) I don't want to remember my fans' faces because I will meet so many of them. Yes, (laughs) I like that. That's the one I want.
1: Because, yeah, I I just want to be able to like live... Uh, a a decent life and a comfortable life but with with arts involved because I've even uh, tiptoed around being a writer but I'm not much of an we were talking about this before with another guy named Stats um, who's been on the show that I'm not much of a idea generator i'm more of a sprinkler which is what improv does basically you get on stage and you season and sprinkle on other people's ideas it doesn't mean to say i can't come up with my own ideas because i have done a few quite a few scenes alone or i i do bring on good ideas but not as much as some people who continuously just churn out you know uh, what i call idea generators Mm. so yeah but yeah
0: i yeah uh, and about that end goal yeah it's hard because the industry is so subjective yeah there is no one right way yep. to success you can go through so many different twists yeah. and turns to reach what you believe is success yeah. and people will not have the same idea of success so yeah. yeah it is one of those things that's hard to pinpoint
1: yeah i'm sure there's someone out there who hates denzel washington like yeah. for sure <laughs> he's like he sucks uh any questions for me um, not to
0: do with performing. Yeah, you, can, you can go for it. This is I'm uh, intrigued by podcasts in general. So okay. I wanted to sort of ask you, what made you decide you want to do a podcast? When did, yeah. you, uh, when did that flick switch in your brain flick? Yeah. Um, I
1: well, I love talking. <laughs> 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 uh, and as Usama says, the sound of my own voice. But um, I, I like to pick the brains of people who are passionate or are on a journey of some sort that uh, is different from mine. And I'm very, I get this from my dad, I'm very like into... Um, I get I get possessed by other people's uh, passion and positivity and stuff like that. And um, I'm always interested in how they're going about it. And usually people, I wouldn't say steal ideas, but they're looking for how they can change their path onto someone else's. I'm not looking to do that, but I'd like to be informed. And uh, I'm very interested in as much as I can. I help other people to get to their end goal wherever possible. And um, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts with uh, to do with self-help and uh, uh, b- life hacks and, you know, b- all that jibber-jabber. And um, many podcasts would have a section or would uh, address things in their region. So it would mainly be North America or even the UK because I listened to a podcast called Comedian's Comedian, which is a British podcaster. Uh, damn, what's his name? Uh, he... Um, he interviews british mostly british comics but also australian and kiwis and all that sort of stuff and uh, i used to get a lot of valuable information Mm. and he would always say things like yeah if you want to get in contact with him here's his number or i love this venue or you know and i used to be like oh that's so cool and i wish there was something for the uae and then i looked up podcasting in the uae it's a very small market there are a few players and um no, no one is sponsored. Everyone does it out of passion. It's crazy over here. And I was just thinking that I meet so many awesome people and I, and I have so many stories to tell people and so many things to share that uh, if I'm listening to a North American podcast, I would love to listen to a UAE podcast and just have people uh, hear and pick their brains and stuff. So it took me like two or three years to... Uh, get the setup done and get the mics and it wasn't a lot of work on my part to be honest it was more a few people trying to convince me to do it <laughs> and uh, producer Bob, who as you can see made the setup and the software and the editing he does all of that and i have Le- leilani do the artwork and it's sort of like a trifecta which you know we make it happen but yeah it's uh, just the desperation to talk to people <laughs> and yeah, pick no, their brains yeah and
0: um in the email you sent me I also like I read the part where you said you know that the radio here um, mm. you know could be improved mm. and that uh, kind of stuck with me because yeah. you know uh, it's so you know you identify a problem and you're trying to solve it by adding your own twist to it yeah. and I think that's you know that's really yeah adorable.
1: the radio here. I think a friend of mine came from Singapore and she was complaining about the same thing. It's she heard the, we heard the same song. She hated the song and I loved the song, so it was irritating for her because I sang along. <laughs> um, it's um, like five times in fifteen minutes, maybe it's the same song over and over. And people are just like the radio. I know they have their restrictions, but they just sound so dumb. Like right. and that's uh, I, if you're gonna listen to someone for an hour on a drive i rather you're interested or you're adding some value to the life of something. I yeah. Mean, time is short. It's fleeting moments passing by and you're listening to a guy talk about the weather. Like, uh, I don't know. It's like, depressing
0: oh yeah. in dubai it is like it was for the past 30 years it's hot and humid yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah surprise so yeah and
1: traffic reports the traffic is always the same man yeah there's traffic going towards sharjah you know whatever hesse street coming into up uh, it's the same thing like what are you talking about so anyway the radio is the radio uh and i used to i have a whole five minute bit complaining about the radio in my stand-up comedy i've I was just like, instead of, and that's what most stand up comedians do. We're very similar to hippies. We just complain and make fun and complain and make fun and we don't do anything about it. So I don't, I don't think that this is a major step towards improving the radio, but this is definitely, like I said, if there are like, I get like 200 listens per episode in about a week or two, I'm honestly happy with that. And that's a bad thing. I should figure out how to push that. But, uh, yeah, it's a weird one. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else you got for me? Uh, it's okay. You can say no. no. Uh, I don't have anything else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we can end over there. So Perfect. Any, anything else? Oh, okay. If someone... This is... Oh, yeah. Since I have an actor. Um, if someone wants to get into acting or... Um, I, I don't want to say improv because improv, we have Courtyard Playhouse, which is the best place to go for yeah, improv. Another I plug agree. for Courtyard Playhouse. Yeah, everyone the go to the Courtyard Playhouse. <laughs> um, the, what, what should someone first how do you decide that you want to be an actor like and when i say decide i know it's passion and heart and your own perseverance but like some people shouldn't be actors like they shouldn't right. get into the industry is there any way to identify or make that decision you know as a person irrespective of age like let's not specifically put age in the mix
0: but just how do you say yes i'm going to do this um I think the best way to decide that you want to be an actor is to start by taking classes Mm -hmm. or start with training. Mm -hmm. And with a a teacher who will not just say yes to everything that you do. This is going in a different direction to one of the improv lessons. But when it comes to acting, a teacher that doesn't yes and you, Mm. that tells you, you know that is just honest and you know at times brutal mm. will go a long way mm. because when you get that approval from them or when you get told by them that you can be an actor you know it's genuine mm. it doesn't um stop you it, sorry it doesn't <coughs> make you delusional mm. right uh, and so when you have someone that's honest that's that's uh, one of the steps and also, a, going back to the lessons, you will only so acting is one of those things that you'll only know you can do it if you try to do it mm. because you know you you practice your acting skills by performing. You don't. You can't look at movies mm. all day and see what actors are doing to portray emotions. Mm. Yeah. Or you can't look at their gestures all the time mm. because. You know, knowing something, of course, is different than doing putting it into practice. Mm. So if you want to get into acting, have someone there that will be honest, that will tell you, um, you know, whether you're good enough. Someone that will teach you, of course, not someone to just slam you every, every, every time, but someone who will give you contru- constructive feedback, honest, and you'll know for yourself whether um, you want to be an actor, hmm. just do it hmm. in my opinion.
1: And let's say someone has taken the first step and they're, um, they're, they're on their way and they're, they have the caliber. What, and do you have any, I know you're young, but still any specific things that they should
0: keep in mind or work on in that initial journey? After the first step, um, yeah. I think it is important to have some sort of inspiration. Uh, and by that I mean find your actor. Find somebody that maybe has the same acting style as you. Um, it, it could be just a famous actor in a movie, mm. but you watch their movies because not everybody portrays the same character. Mm. So find a versatile actor on the screen. Um, for example, James McAvoy mm. is fantastic mm. um, because when you already know the basics... Um, and you're looking at someone use them and the different ways they use them to portray different characters, that's where you can learn a lot. And then it goes back to practice. But again, it's that find an actor that is versatile because usually you use the same techniques Hmm. when you act, but in different ways. And so when you watch one actor uh, when you have a marathon, you'll see how different each character is
1: mm-hmm.
0: and how they portray that mm-hmm. with these simple techniques.
1: Mm-hmm. Who's your inspiration?
0: My inspiration? Um, <laughs> I, I'd give you two. Okay. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, of course, fantastic actor, mm-hmm. and Christian Bale. Mm. Um, be, I like actors... I'm really obsessed with method acting. Because I feel like completely embodying another character that is so different from yourself and apply their little tics to your day-to-day life is, in my opinion, like the purest form of acting.
2: Mm. Hmm. Nice. Nice.
0: And Christian Bale does that so well. He does that not just with his emotions, but physically, you know, you see him go through these crazy body transformations, like in The Machinist where he is, he, I don't know if you know this, but for a while he would only have tuna, Mm. um, only drink water and stay up for around 18 hours every day, even more. And just read a book because he completely wanted to get this sort of insomnia look and mm. somebody that isn't unhealthy. Just had one can of tuna as his one meal a day. For how long? Um, this was a while. I think it was, a f- uh, I can't give you the right answer, but it was something from a few months to a year.
2: Oh my god
0: yeah and then his next role he got shredded for batman yeah so it's it's just <laughs> it's things crazy. like it's unhealthy and eventually he got a nutritionist but yeah. i am inspired by just yeah. devotion yeah to your art yeah.
1: like most improv people ben we're basically like borderline schizophrenic probably have a mental disease uh, that's dormant or mild and i just definitely there's no 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 doubt about it like i have no doubts Having said that, I wonder what I have. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll analyze you after the uh, <laughs> podcast. I probably have some ADD, ADHD, something like that. Something along those lines. But anyway. Uh, alrighty. I think we're done. Do you want to say anything to any listener or anyone? Any special goodbyes? Um, so. Gwen? <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass oh, I'm,
0: I'm gonna beat you up <laughs> oh, shit. I can't wait to tell her It's gonna be so much fun All right. We'll have it at the Courtyard Playhouse And these tickets are paid for yeah. To see the fight of your life <laughs> Alright, we get it sponsored, registered and licensed
1: Alright, see you later Goodbye Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts Or any other podcast app Follow the Hangout with Rushdie on Facebook, like, comment and share. See you next week.